Hi, welcome to the City View Phoenix podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. I love Home Depot. I don't know what it is about Home Depot, but I love it. Once you walk in those doors and the smell of fresh lumber, the sound of the beeping of the forklifts, the sight of steel, there's just something about Home Depot that I love. I love to walk in. I love to look around. It's one of those stores, like, I don't want to wander the mall, but I don't, wandering the, I don't mind wandering the aisles of Home Depot. Can anybody give me an amen on that right there? Right? It doesn't matter whether you're male or female. Home Depot, it's, it's your place. If you're a Lowe's person, I might think a little less of you, but it's okay. So one, one day, I ended up finding myself in the aisles of Home Depot, wandering around for something very specific. You see, it was a few months ago that my wife and I, we were laying there, sleeping in our beds, and all of a sudden at 1 a.m., yes, 1 a.m., all of the shelves in our closet collapse. Why do those things happen at 1 a.m.? For those of you who are parents, your kids, when do they wake up and start throwing up? It's at 1 a.m. When you, If any of you who live in a house, when do your fire alarms start to chirp? 1 a.m. If you live anywhere, what time does that, that chihuahua dog start to bark at night? It's at 1 a.m. Why do those things happen at 1 a.m.? Well, that's what happened in our closet. 1 a.m. Every shelf fell Clothes are falling. My wife and I, we think the world's coming to an end. We're like, praise Jesus. Come on, take us home now. No, it's just an expense that we have to pay for. Shelves. So I find myself at Home Depot. And I go, and, and, I'm, and I know what I'm looking for. I need some brackets. I need shelves. I need to rebuild the whole thing. I'm going to remodel it. I'm going to make it look nice. And so I'm looking for, I find the brackets. The brackets are all, all in one aisle. So I'm looking, and I'm wandering the aisle. How many of you ever found yourself doing that? You're wandering. You're like, I know it's here. It's got to be here. And you're wandering. You're looking up and down. I know I've got a vision problem. My wife tells me. It's usually when I'm standing in front of the refrigerator looking for the food that I want. It's usually at that moment, I'm like, honey, where is it? She goes, did you move this? I'm like, and so I'm looking, I'm figuring, okay, it's got to be something like that. It's got to be right here. And I'm looking up and down the aisle. I'm looking, I'm looking. I'm looking for the wood to put on the shelves, to put on the brackets. They're nowhere to be found. Finally, my Savior comes, dressed in orange. And I said, he goes, can I help you? I said, yes, you can. I said, where are the shelves. He said, well, sir, you're in the right store, but you're on the wrong aisle. And he takes me down to the aisle of where the lumber is, and right there, in all their glory, are the shelves that I need. How many of us have ever found ourselves wandering in life, looking for something we know it's there, but we cannot find what we're looking for? We, we know what we need. We know there's, a, there's a something inside each of our hearts, and we're craving for something. We're craving for this hole to be filled. We're like myself, wandering the aisles of Home Depot going, I know what's in here is what I need, but where is it? And we just need somebody to say, hey, let me take you to where you need to go. You see, I think we're all looking. We're looking to be noticed. We're looking to find satisfaction. We're looking to have that hole in our heart filled. We're looking for the right thing. But I think many of us are looking in the wrong place. I'm here to say, stop looking for life in dead things. 
stop looking for life in dead things. So many of us, we spend so much time looking for life, so much time looking down the wrong aisle. We might find ourselves in the right place. I know I'm looking for satisfaction. We all want that. It's a good thing to look for. But you can look and find it in the wrong thing. We're all looking to have that hole in our heart filled, that, that desire and that craving in our hearts filled, but so many times we find it in the wrong thing. I'm here to tell you, stop looking for life in dead things. But here's the truth. Life is only found in Jesus. Life is only found in Jesus. And you may say, uh-uh, I'm going to help you understand it today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much for loving us, for caring for us. Jesus, I thank you for coming and dying on a cross for us. I thank you that today is the day that we look, we remember, and we live in it. Lord, for those of us who maybe were a little more scared today, we're a little more hesitant, somebody made us come. We don't want to be here, but free lunch is after. But Lord, we find ourselves in this, in this church building sitting on this bench thing we didn't even know still existed. Jesus, I ask that you'd meet each and every one of us here today. Jesus, I ask that you'd move in churches all throughout the valley. Speak through Brian over at Valley Life, Andrew at Cross Church, and Cody over at the table, and Mark over at Calvary Community, and Ashley over at CCV. And speak to us here at City View in Jesus' name. Amen. Men. Well, good morning. My name is Jeremiah, or afternoon, whatever time of day it is, I don't even know. My name is Jeremiah. I'm, I, I get to be one of the pastors here at City View, and I'm so thankful that you chose to come and join us here at City View for Easter Sunday. And I hope you're having a great day so far because I am. I love seeing all the kids out there. I love seeing community happen. I just love seeing life. There's something about seeing life in something. There's just something that's special about it. You know, I, I think many of us can relate to wandering and looking for something and, and not finding really what we need or what we want and being frustrated with it and trying to find and trying to go to so many different things and finding things that we think will work for a little bit, but in the end, they just die and they end, they end up making us feel helpless and hopeless. You see, in the Gospels, there were these two women, both named Mary. And they both loved Jesus, and Jesus had changed their lives. He changed their lives for the good. And they thought for sure he was the one that was going to, to come and be their conquering king, and they thought, everybody thought, this guy's got to be the one. Everybody thought, okay, he's going to be the one that's going to change everything here on earth. And then he dies. I think we all have suffered disappointments before. And that's where Mary was in this moment, this lady named Mary in the story in the, that we find in the book of Luke. She, she thought for sure this man who had saved her from all things could save himself. Yet now he's dead. And so she goes to the tomb that day looking for her Savior. 
And as she walks into the garden, the graveside, she sees that the tomb, the stone, has been rolled away. And that Jesus was no longer there. And it was empty. And she was quite confused. It says there in Luke chapter 24, verse 4, while they, these two ladies who were together, while they were perplexed about this. You see, when I was down that aisle in the Home Depot line, or in the Home Depot um, store, you want to know what made the person stop and talk to me? I was perplexed. I, I, I knew I was in the right place, but I'm like, but why can't I find what I'm looking for? That nice man, I don't know his name, said, can I help you? I know that there are many of you who came in here today looking for something. And I'm here to tell you, I can help. I know the answer for this question. I may not have all answers because I don't. I didn't do very good in school. I graduated with a 2.92. But I graduated. I may not have all the answers, but I know the answer to this one. So these two ladies, they walk in, and they, they, it says they were perplexed about this. And the two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling and clothing. We know in other accounts of Matthew, Mark, and Luke that these were angels. And it says, and as the women were terrified, they bowed their faces to the ground. And the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? I ask you today, are you looking for life among dead things? Are you trying to find that thing you need among dead things today? See, I think we all do it in ways. We all look to satisfy some kind of need in our life with dead things. Are you looking for life in the past you see, we look for life in our past hurts, where we remember that pain, that shame, and that sort of becomes the defining factor of who you are and everything about you. And that becomes you. Your past is you. Your past defines you. Everything about it is you. And you live there, and you exist there, and that's sort of where you find life. But it's dead. Or some of us, we live in the past, the glory days. Anybody, any of you ever met somebody who lives in the glory days of high school? And they just remember how great of an athlete they were, how great of anything they were. It makes me think of Uncle Rico. Man, if coach would have just put me in, we would have won state. I've met people like that who are in their 40s who remember high school glory days. And you see, so many of us, we try to pull life out of our past, but our past is dead. It will never satisfy. It'll never meet the need that you want. And even no matter, no matter how many times you try to remember, no matter how many times you, times you try to live in it, no matter how many times you tell that story, no matter how many times it is brought back to your memory, you will not find life. Stop looking for life in dead things. Maybe you're looking for life in the more. 
And the more, maybe it's, it's new shoes, a new car, new things for your house, a new house, a new puppy. That one doesn't count. Because that, 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 that might make you happy for a little bit. No, they don't. New puppies are terrible. But you see, when you buy that new thing, doesn't it give you a satisfaction in the moment? It's like a high, isn't it? When you get, I don't know how many of you remember when you got your first new pair of shoes. Maybe if you were a kid, you got your first Air Force Ones. You're like, oh man. I didn't get my first ones until like I'm an adult. So I wear them like once a month on Sundays. But you get that new thing and then all of a sudden, you have to buy something else to satisfy that need. You get that new car and then somebody dings it and you're mad. Unless you're a dude and it's a truck, you're like, yeah, stripes right there. Need that. But you see, we try to satisfy these needs with things, with new things. And we think, if I just get this, it'll give me life. And you get life for a moment. You get that high for a moment. You get that buzz for a moment. You get that excitement and that joy for a moment. But then what do you have to do? You have to get something else to make you happy. You're like, why won't this satisfy the need in my heart? Stop looking for life in dead things. Maybe you look for life in the distractions. What does that mean? Entertainment, social media, television, sports. Those are huge things of today that we look for life. If our life feels dead, we can tune into somebody else's within seconds and we can scroll and we can see that they are living life and we can almost put ourselves in their life. And so we crave that satisfaction of life. We crave those followers. We crave those likes. We crave those desires. And then all of a sudden when we start scrolling and we see somebody did something we didn't get invited to, we feel like we lost out on life. And the thing is, when you scroll Instagram, scrolling, it never stops. It just keeps going and going and going and going. And it will never satisfy the need that you have for life. But we keep telling you this desire, watching someone else's life, is, it, it gives you hope. It helps you think you're finding a need and think you're finding life. But in the end, it still brings death. We hope that this distraction will satisfy that need. Stop looking for life in dead things. Stop looking for life in dead things. Maybe you look for life in cravings. Maybe your craving is sugar, alcohol, drugs, Maybe it's relationships. I don't know what your craving is, but, but we can crave those things. And when we finally get one, we think, okay, that's finally satisfying the need. Now I have life. But it's a false life. It's a lie of a life. And it's the devil. The devil is real and he's active and he wants to deceive all of us. And not just those of us who are Christians, but even those of you who do not follow Jesus yet. 
He wants to distract you with things, making you feel like if you just have enough of this, you will have life. But it always turns out empty. Those cravings will never, ever satisfy, be satisfied. All we're actually doing when we fulfill those cravings is we're numbing real life. And what you're doing is you're numbing pain. And pain is a sign of life. It's a sign of life in each and every one of us. And pain, it's a warning of what our life actually needs. Our life needs care and attention. Our life needs help and comfort and compassion and understanding. And when we numb that pain, when we don't sit in it, and when we don't get the need of what we have fulfilled, all we're doing is numbing it for the next thing. And every time you numb it, you know what happens is you need more. You need more and more and more. It's the same with each and every one of these things. You see, the devil loves to use our past. He loves to use distractions. He loves to use the desire of more and our addictions to camouflage the death that we think is life. We all have been there. And we all do it. He makes death taste like life, smell like life, and even look like life, yet it's just a lie. It's just a facade of death. That's all it is. And the angels, when they spoke to those women that morning, they said, why are you looking for life among dead things? I ask you, why are you looking for life among dead things. Have any of those things ever satisfied you, ever brought you what you need? And I can tell you from my experience, the only thing that has ever satisfied me, this only, only person that has ever met every need I have is Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. This week, I was talking to a friend of mine, and, and he recently decided to follow Jesus, decided to join Jesus on this adventure that we call life. He decided to go, you know what, I don't want to live this life anymore. I actually want to take my entire family on this journey of following Jesus. And he called me and he said, Jeremiah, this week I had a crazy week. I just happened to text him and he said, man, it was a rough week, but I need to tell you a story. And so he tells me the story. He goes, he, he's a general contractor. He said, I had to have a meeting with all, my, with all my supers and everybody. He goes, and they were mad. He goes, my supers are mad at the, I think it was the electrician. He goes, I get them all in my trailer. He goes, and I do this long talk about how we're going to change things moving forward. He goes, I go into my office. I don't know if you've ever been in a work trailer. They're not big. They're small. He has a tiny office. He goes, I go in my office. By the time I walk out of my office, guys are throwing punches. Grown adult men. I would love to have seen that. Just to be in there for a moment. I mean, that just, and then be like, we shouldn't do that. Like, but. And he goes, guys, we're not to do this. He goes, I make them go out their separate doors. He goes, Jeremiah, you want to know the coolest part of this story? I said, what, Tom? He goes, now this guy's brand new. When I say Jesus changes lives, this guy is a Marine. Some of you in here, you get that. He's a Marine. He's an athlete. 
He is a man's man. He drives an amazing truck. I don't have any envy at all. He has height on me. He can pass his ball skills that I don't have. He goes, Shema, you want to know what I did before I walked in that meeting? I said, what, Tom? He goes, I prayed. Something I had never done before. You see, Jesus gives life. He changes lives. And so these women, as they were standing there looking at these angels, and they're going, where's Jesus? And they go, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Like the guy from Home Depot, he said, you're in the wrong aisle, but you're at the right store. Let me take you to where you need to go. You might be here right now. You're in the right place, but let me take you to the one who's going to satisfy your need. His name is Jesus Christ. And the angel said this. The angel said, He's not here. He has risen. Here's the amazing thing about my Savior, who can be your Savior too, Jesus Christ. He's not dead. He's not dead. He is alive, and he is risen, and he wants to give you life. I've been to Israel. I've been to his tomb, and guess what? It's empty. I've been to India, and I've heard them talk about Buddha. And I've heard them talk about how he is no longer alive. I've been to other countries and I've listened to them talk about their other gods. Jo- Joseph Smith is no longer alive. But guess what? Jesus Christ is alive and he is risen and he is here today and he wants to give you life. And those angels, they could have left him. Like I could have had that guy at Home Depot. He'd be like, sir, what are you looking for? I'm looking for shelves for the brackets. Okay, good luck. They're in here. Have fun. Can you imagine if he would have done that? The angels are like, why are you looking for the living among the dead? They go, well, where is he? I don't know. Good luck finding the shelves. But they didn't. They didn't say that. They didn't leave them wondering, and they don't leave us wondering today. They say, he is not here. He's risen. Remember how he told you. How he told you that he would not die forever. It's only going to be for a moment that he's going to rise and conquer death. Why does he do that? He does it so that he can satisfy every life-giving need that we have. Every need that we have that we're trying to fill with our past, that we're trying to fill with our desires, that we're trying to fill with our distractions, that we're trying to fill with our cravings. Every single thing. Jesus said, I died to give you life. I died to give you life. You see, and it's not just me that says Jesus died and rose again. Historians say Jesus died and rose again. The tomb says Jesus died and rose again. Millions and millions and millions of people across history. I love hearing those kids right there. You guys are like, I'm totally listening to you. I'm like, yeah, I love hearing joy. Millions and millions and millions of people across time have made a decision to follow Jesus and can speak of the life-giving truths that he's done in them. See, the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15, it says, See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. 
Some of you, you look at your lives and you go, man, why do I feel like every turn I go, it's filled with adversity and death? Why do I feel like everywhere I go, it's filled with that? Well, you have to ask, the, the Bible, God says, I'm giving you a choice. Choose today life and prosperity, death and adversity. You have to make that choice. The women on that day, they could have said, no, angels, you're wrong. You're wrong. You see, they believed, they turned, and you know who they ran into moments later was Jesus. As soon as Mary turned, tears in her eyes, still wondering what happened, Mary, who was a prostitute, Mary, who was, was filled with demons, Mary, who was possibly one of the worst people when you hear about history of people in the Bible, Mary, who could have said, there's no way Jesus could love me, there's no way God could forgive me, I am stuck in my guilt and shame, I am stuck in my sorrow, I am stuck in my past, my past defines me, I am a prostitute, and I am a demon-possessed person, that's who I am, that's how I live, that's all I can ever be, and Jesus Jesus says to her on this beautiful morning after he rose from the dead, he didn't say, hey, Mary, how are you prostitute? He said, Mary. That's all she was. She was Mary, his daughter. I ask you, why are you looking for life among dead things? You have to identify those. As the Bible says, he says, choose life. Choose life. And Jesus says this, I am the way, the truth, not a truth, the truth, and I am life. Jesus says, I am life. There's no other life. You're not ever going to find life outside of me. So for those of you who are wandering the aisles of Home Depot looking for life, it will only be found in Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody can ever get to the Father except through Jesus. Let me tell you, when, when you make that decision to take that step, to say, Jesus, all right, I'm going to trust you on this. He will change your life forever. He will. And I know some of you, you come in here with your guilt and shame, your burdens, your past, your, 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 all the cravings, the things that you feel are holding you back, everything, every reason why you think God could never love you. I know you come in here, some of you have been forced in here, somebody told you, the only way I'm going to take you to lunch is if you come, the only way you can come to the family get-together, you got to come to church for mom, because you know mom will be mad if you don't come to church. And so you're like, fine. But you're not here by chance. You're here on purpose because Jesus has a purpose for you. 
He wants to change your life from the inside out. He wants to make you the man that you so desire to be, the woman that you know you can be, the mom that you want to be, the dad that you so wish and dream you could be, the son or daughter that you're like, I wish, I wish, I wish. And Jesus said, let me make it happen. Let me take your dead life and make it new because that's what Jesus does. He makes all things new. He took my jacked up life and said, Jeremiah, I know you're still going to be jacked up because I am. I still make tons of mistakes. I'm really good at it. I've been doing it for 42 years. I've gotten to be a pretty much of a pro. But Jesus says, Jeremiah, I'm going to take your life and I'm going to use your life to do things you never imagined could happen. And that's what Jesus wants to do with each and every you. So I ask you today, I tell you, I said, I'm going to say, stop looking for life in dead things. Life is only found in Jesus. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. I know there's some of you in here today. And you have been dreading coming. You have... didn't want to be here. You know, some of you, you, you know church, you, you've been to church, you feel like, man, as soon as I walk in, I know I'm going to feel guilty. Can I just tell you, that's not from God. When you walked in, God said, welcome home. Welcome home. He doesn't say, it's been long enough. He doesn't say, where have you been? He doesn't say, look, you've gained a few pounds. That's what you're going to hear after service at home. But here at this home, your heavenly father says, welcome home. Your heavenly father says, I've missed you. Your Heavenly Father says, I love you. I'm so glad to have you back. Your Heavenly Father says, what do you need? What are you looking for? Because I know how to satisfy the need of your heart. Your Heavenly Father says, I love you. I've never stopped and I can't. If you have been looking for life among dead things, I want to invite you to stop. And I want to invite you to start looking for life and find it in Jesus Christ today. If you find yourself sitting on this bench we call pews, and you're probably thinking, what in the world is that? It's just the thing you're sitting on. If you find yourself sitting there today, going, I need life. I invite you to pray with me. Here's what it is. Prayer is just a way, it's just helping you with words to sort of talk to God for maybe the first time or maybe the first time in a long time. If you are a follower of Jesus, if you have joined Jesus on the adventure we call life, pray right now like your life depends on it. Because I believe there are souls at risk in this room 
I believe there's a battle going on for people's lives, not just this service, but last service as well. I felt it like I've never felt it before. If I could come and let you know and with everything in me, share with you the love Jesus has for you, that he wants to give you a life you can never imagine or think, and there's nothing you could ever do or feel and be too ashamed of, that God, God loves you. So if you are a praying person right now, pray. And if you are sitting there going, I need to stop chasing after dead things and I need to find life in Jesus, if that's you, pray with me now. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Jesus, thank you for dying on a cross for me. Jesus, thank you for rising from the dead. I ask that you forgive me. I'm sorry for chasing after dead things. I didn't know. I ask that you would fill that hole in my heart. Thank you for loving me. Jesus, I thank you for the lives that you are changing. I thank you that you've changed mine. I thank you for the lives that you're changing in this room right now. And Jesus, I ask that you would continue to move. Jesus, I thank you for dying on a cross for us. Jesus, I thank you for making our lives new. And Lord, I ask that you would continue to do new things in us today. It's in your name, Jesus, that I pray. And all God's people said, amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, check out our website at cityviewphx.com or download the CityU app on the App Store.